Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Happy 420. (laughs) Blaze, blaze, blaze. (laughs) We are fully leading into stoner culch today. This is our first 420 officially as a couple and um, (laughs) as residents of a state where it is legal. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it's a big day for us. It It is a big day. And we are celebrating. We are. You know how else I'm celebrating? By wearing my gorgeous Unhappy Hour merch. I've got the hat now, which I absolutely adore. Um, I've got <laughs> the the shirt on. I'm, the socks are in the mail. And then the sweatshirt's coming. And then I'll be Winnie the Poohing all over the goddamn place. <laughs> Listen, the merch is great. You can mix and match. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. And where can you get it again? Oh, that's right. Unhappyhourshop.com. It's amazing. How so is your easy. week otherwise? You know, it's pretty shitty out here in the world, but um, but <laughs> yeah. it's 420 and I'm wearing merch. So that's what I'm going with. What about you? Same. <laughs> the most exciting thing for me, I know a lot of people have been closely following my bedroom life. Mm. And by that, I mean, I previously did not have curtains. I only had blinds, yes. which famously let in light in the morning Mm -hmm. when I least want light. And for a while I was like, this is great. I'm going to wake up naturally. It's going to be so great for me. Um, And now as the days get uh, longer and the sun comes out earlier, I'm like, well, this bitch (laughs) go back down. You can't snooze the sun. That is the, that is the tragedy of life. (laughs) And so I did order some blackout curtains that arrive tomorrow 
and I will be officially blocking out the sun. And yeah, this can go one of two ways, <laughs> which is either it will solve my problems or make them much worse mm-hmm. by giving me a, by creating a cave, a den that I will be able to retreat to in the middle of the day. I feel pretty confident about betting on this. Um, so I'm going to bet that it's going to make things worse, but in some ways it'll also be better. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> What is happening on today's episode? Well, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where we chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we got a special 420 celebratory deep dive on my stoned thoughts, which I'm bringing you while stoned. Okay, we went into the field, aka to the couch on a Saturday night, and yeah, I got stoned for this podcast purposes, okay? And then we let the mics roll, and this is what we found. It's messy, okay? Things got weird. Basically, you're getting a glimpse into my brain under the influence of legal marijuana people. You're welcome. This is for science and for celebratory purposes. So you're welcome. Enjoy the mess that was my stone Saturday night, aka every Saturday night. And finally, we got film critic, journalist, co-host of the Deadline podcast, New Hollywood, Dino Ray Ramos on the pod. We get into award season, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, rooting for Minari only. So much more. I don't know if you know this, but we're in the middle of award season. And so we talked all about how fucking weird this season has been. I wonder why. Racism. (laughs) And everything else. (laughs) So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, the Guinness World Record holder for world's largest rabbit. <gasps> He's a giant, honking, fluffy monster named Darius. Ooh, okay. solid He's name. He's four feet long. He weighs 50 pounds. Damn. And as of a couple weekends ago, he is missing. <gasps> no, Darius. Darius is missing. So Darius's owner, Annette, she is a rabbit breeder slash former model because, you know, of course, everybody knows the modeling world is harsh. And once you once you get a little too old, they say, fuck out of here. It's as the saying goes, if you can't model, breed giant rabbits. (laughs) Yes. And she really took that saying to heart and she went (laughs) for it. Um, Annette posted about his disappearance on Twitter saying, A very sad day. Guinness World Record Darius has been stolen from his home. Stolen from his home. Oh, so he's not missing. No, he was He's kidnapped. Uh, Rabbit napped. Rabbit napped. Is what we say. Yes, of course. The police are doing their best to find out who has taken him. There is a reward for a thousand pounds. Darius is too old to breed now. So please bring him back. That was the tweet. She's since raised the reward to 2000 pounds. Damn. Annette told a British newspaper that Darius, he's largely retired from public appearances and uh, he's on a special diet because he's so old and he'll, he's going to die without his special diet. So she's basically like, why would you even want this rabbit? <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> it's old. It's on a fucked up diet. <laughs> it can't make um, you any money because it can't make any new giant babies. Right. He's too old to fuck. So <laughs> bring him back. 
But yeah, they still, for some reason, they firmly believe that the rabbit was stolen and not escaped. Um, And so the police are seeking information. You know, we, the Unhappy Hour community, could solve this crime and bring Darius back home. Oh my God, please. Wow. And then we could write the TV show about it. It's going to be fantastic. Darius does have a very colorful history. Um, In a 2019 interview, Annette described Darius as an old man who can be a bit grumpy. He's basically our mascot. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) But still, she added, he hasn't lost his sparkle. Aww. So yeah, Darius has kind of a colorful history. He's been kind of online famous uh, for a while. He's traveled across the country. I like calling it online famous instead of internet famous. I don't know why I wrote that. (laughs) He's been kind of like worldwide web famous uh, for a while now. Huge on AOL, huge on Yahoo. <laughs> Just ask Jeeves about him. I I will. <laughs> uh, he's traveled across the country for events alongside Annette, who often appears with him dressed as the cartoon character Jessica Rabbit. Okay, I mean, if you've got it, flaunt it, girl. Love it. <laughs> but strangely, according to a 2010 article, Darius was insured for $1.6 million, and he traveled with a bodyguard. So- like a bit of a double indemnity kind of situation here. I don't know if that's what double indemnity it's means. Not, it's not. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> there might be some fraud happening mm-hmm. here. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Would would someone who goes around with their giant rabbit dressed as Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit be capable of committing insurance fraud? Who knows? I'm not here to suggest that. But they don't think he escaped. They think he was stolen. So who knows? Next, a 54-year-old woman, very important to emphasize her age. Mm, Yes, always, (laughs) always important. She was just walking her dog uh, along the beach in Boston looking for some sea glass. Always forget that Boston has beaches. Right. It is is a, a beach town. That's what I think when I think of Boston. First thing. Oh, yeah. Miami, Boston. Tropical. Uh, So she was just walking along the beach and uh, she was left in uh, quite a pickle. Like this woman, she was just walking down the beach and then she started sinking into the wet sand. So much so that it was up to her knees and she was unable to move. Immobile. (gasps) Quicksand is real, people. Okay, this is not a drill. We can add it back to our list of things to be paranoid about. Exactly. Just when it's like, okay, everyone's being vaccinated, haven't heard of murder hornets in a whole long time. It's like, oh, quicksand decided to make an appearance. (laughs) She was like, don't forget about me. Yeah, because you always assume that like, I don't know, quicksand is kind of like an Indiana Jones problem. Exactly. It happens wherever Indiana Jones happens. I've never seen Indiana Jones, but I did ride the ride at Disneyland. Oh, I miss it. Uh, anyway, yeah, she was just like fully stuck in the mud. I, I don't know what I would do. Panic and then, and then die. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's what you do know then. (laughs) That is what would happen. The woman who is an ICU nurse named Camille Coelho, not to be confused with Camilla Cabello, who, uh, is on the front lines of a relationship with Shawn Mendes. Mm, Yes. Sinking into a different kind of mud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway she gave an interview after the fact she survived um okay also she was got out she was with a dog the dog lucy she did not sink she stayed by uh camille 
and uh, waited. Uh, a, a bunch of passersby rushed to this woman's aid. Um, but ultimately, there's a picture where this man, at, at first I thought people were like lancing this woman to death with giant wooden planks. <laughs> That's what the picture looks like. It's a woman in the center uh, and then a bunch of people around her pointing giant sticks at her like she <laughs> is surrounded in some type of like medieval war situation. <laughs> I'm just disappointed that Lucy the dog didn't like try to pull her out. I always imagine that like Putty in any situation where I'm hurt like will know what to do even though he is what? A dog. Um, and that in the quicksand situation, he would be like, oh, leash, you stuck. I back up. I pull you out. And I, I, I don't know. I just I'd be pretty pissed at Lucy if I were. Her. I mean, you're you're assuming that uh, Lucy and or Putty has the strength of like a pickup truck with, with chains attached to the back. <laughs> <laughs> I am so petite. <laughs> uh, eventually, the passersby who tried to help out, um, they ultimately decided it was safer to call the professionals. So the fire department came. Okay. I don't know. Do they train for this in the this fire? goes wait, back wait. to the cat in the tree situation. <laughs> Firefighter stuck in the mud. Th those things don't necessarily line up, but those are the people you call in that situation. Then why not a cat stuck I in a tree? So who else would you call? I just feel like firefighters maybe need a rebrand. Like, are you just about fighting fires or do you do other things? And if so, what? Because I need to know who to call. Yeah, it's like fighting fires, rescuing cats, rescuing stuck women, posing for calendars. Exactly. Anyway, glad she's safe. Next! This was a story that uh, a listener sent in. Thank you, Kaylee. Thanks, Kaylee. Several eyewitnesses claim to have seen monkeys around their home near a cemetery in Cincinnati. Haunted, absolutely haunted imagery. <laughs> One eyewitness even recorded this grainy video that was recorded around 10 p.m. So it's like hard to make out exactly what is happening. But they, they say it shows three monkeys in a tree and two more that are out of frame on the ground. The problem is police have responded to multiple calls about these monkeys and they cannot find any monkeys. There is <gasps> so no actual proof. haunted monkeys, actual monkey ghosts. <laughs> yeah, this is not just in Pirates of the Caribbean, people. <gasps> <sighs> Police did find some mating owls, which make sounds similar to monkeys, I suppose. I guess, but also look absolutely nothing like monkeys. Right. They quoted another person being like, I don't really know, like maybe they were high and just thought they saw monkeys. And the, <laughs> the video is kind of inconclusive. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the Cincinnati police say that this particular cemetery has anywhere from 10 to 12 wild turkeys that also run on the property. So there is a possibility okay. that those, um, were mistaken for monkeys. <laughs> but for Classic multiple mistake. people? <laughs> right. Just police at this point are like, we don't know what, what the hell is happening. <laughs> They even so the Cincinnati Zoo said that none of their monkeys were missing and, and there are no other reports of, of missing monkeys nearby. So a true Ohio mystery. And finally, in a similar vein, I am obsessed with this story. OK, animal welfare officers in Poland received a desperate call from a resident about a dangerous looking animal that was lurking in a tree. The caller said that there was this mysterious brown animal. It had been sitting in the tree across from their house for two days. 
people uh, were afraid to open their windows because they feared it could get into their house. The animal welfare workers were were like, okay, it could be a bird of prey. And the caller was like, uh, no, it looks more like an iguana. But I guess she couldn't remember the name of an iguana. So she called it a lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dumb, a dumb fact. Um, so the inspectors were like, okay, we, we should check this out. Uh, also because a reptile might not be able to survive outside in cold temperatures. Um, and so they eventually spotted something in this, this lilac tree, um, noting that it had no legs or a head. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and, and then they said, we already knew that we could not help this creature. The mysterious lagoon turned out to be a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> Shiro, Shiro. <laughs> to be clear, the Shiro is the croissant. It is the croissant. Exactly. So said otherwise, a croissant stuck in a tree struck the fear of God into a Polish woman who was so terrified she didn't leave her apartment for multiple days because of a beautiful, flaky, layered pastry nestled in a tree. Just just staring at her, staring her down. I mean, maybe she's, you know, gluten free. Yeah, I... Listen, croissants are terrifying. You, there's the amount of magic that goes into the creation of a croissant. Mm-hmm. Speaking from experience, okay, they are a mystical French pastry, and you should be afraid of it. And you know, there's still a mystery within this, which is how did it get? How did a <laughs> croissant get in the tree? Yeah, I want to speak personally to the squirrel that dragged that thing up there and didn't finish it. Okay, you know how much work goes into a croissant and you have the audacity to just waste it? It's a beautiful story all around. Or uh, we'll find out later that it was an actual iguana that dragged it up there and this woman will be found Uh dead in several days eaten by an Uh iguana because the croissant wasn't enough. I appreciate that almost all of these stories really did have some sort of like not explicitly stoner, but yet still somehow stoner vibes to it. Happy 420, everyone. Yeah, truly unexpected uh, during every every turn, which is how we like it. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. As always, if you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash for those bonus stories. And next up, we're diving deep into our stoned brains. Get ready. You better blaze up, as they say. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Matt Bellisai, coming at you live on the couch. We're not live. <laughs> this is edited. In honor of 420. So about an hour ago, I, I had a special piece of chocolate, and mm-hmm. I also um, have been partaking in in inhale inhalations through a vape pen uh-huh mm-hmm. and um so now i would say i'm sufficiently hazy in the brain <laughs> <laughs> i'd say you're much much deeper in than hazy uh i'd say it's full fog so, in there oh right yeah 
So I wrote down a whole bunch of my stoner thoughts that I feel like in honor of 420, our deep dive, we just dive right into all of the thoughts of mine that are insane. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear this and you will lose your mind. <laughs> okay. So I hope everybody is ready. And I want you to know that, okay, a symptom of mine when I get stoned is that my brain is emptiness. <laughs> it's If it was a beach, there'd be no beachgoers. <laughs> Okay. And so every, you should know that throughout this deep dive, every thought that you are hearing right now comes at great cost to me. <laughs> it, is, it is laborious of me to speak right now and share The little thoughts. people in your brain right now, they are sweating up they're the storm. Trying, they're on the hamster wheels just spinning. Okay. Are we ready for uh, worst things what is it? Are we ready for the worst stoner thoughts? Uh, one more puff for the ladies in the back. Is that a quote? <laughs> yes. One more puff for the ladies in the back. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Okay, my first thought is that I'm too tall. <laughs> I've had this... This is real, people. Okay, I've had this thought lately a lot when I'm even when I'm sober uh-huh. where I stand up and I'm like this is too far it's off the ground way too far from the ground yeah and the limbs so long like it's the wingspan situation should not be that long whose <laughs> mine <laughs> yours my wingspan has nothing to do with my height yes because you're tall you have long arms as sure, do I. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you tell that to the Tyrannosaurus Rex? He had tiny arms. Exactly. That doesn't mean shit. My legs oh. can be super long and it will not even okay, correlate. Okay, but we aren't the same as a T-Rex. Exactly. So are, <laughs> we are tall with long arms. You aren't denying the fact that you have long arms? I do, but that I'm just saying it's irrelevant information. Okay, Next. I was thinking of who decided that chocolate chips had to be that size. You know, it's like we have grams and we have pounds. Right. How did they decide that they're going to just have their own chocolate chip system? <laughs> because then there's the mini chocolate chip. Yeah. Famously. And they're so small. Too small. Yeah. But I would, I would venture to say that the regular chocolate chip, too big. Completely agree with you. A hundred percent. The standard is too large. Oh, God. And then you have chunk. Chunk. And then you have the wafers, the like yeah. wafers. I never know what to do with that. Would you consider a Hershey's Kiss to be a giant chocolate chip? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Should we make a massive cookie using Hershey's chocolate kisses as... Yes. Next. This one was just low calorie desserts. Get the fuck out of here. Low low calorie desserts to me, it's like, what are you even, well, who are you trying to please? Yeah. Who are you for? 
If you want oh, a dessert. Oh, what? Airplane passengers? <laughs> and he's gone. Oh, oh, people in the 90s? <laughs> is that is that what you think? Skinny cow ice cream? Who wants a skinny cow? I'm just like, if you're gonna go for a dessert, okay, eat a dessert, mm-hmm. people. I was on Instagram and I saw this guy who posted that he made cookies with zero calorie sugar and i'm like that's not that? real it's not a good thing just don't eat a cookie then what does that even mean how do you make that happen? i don't know I how s- do you take calories out of something yeah i'm pretty sure everything has calories right except for like water Anyway, I just met. I just don't understand. Like, if why try so hard to create a low calorie cookie? Just eat a fucking cookie and don't even get me started on 100 calorie packs. Oh, yeah. They try to pass that shit off in the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, look at us. We are here's a package of the thinnest Oreos you can fucking imagine. <laughs> Your little tiny piece of shit brain. I think it's a nutcracker. Right. Or like those penny machines that take a penny and then stamp it into like a memorabilia penny. Exactly. Like that, but for <laughs> yeah. 100 calories. You Oreos. have the audacity to give me a tiny package <laughs> with about seven of those little tiny pennies with Abraham Lincoln stamped <laughs> on it. I guess they all have Abraham Lincoln stamped <laughs> on it. Okay, next. The other thing that I was thinking about is I have no idea how the mail works. Oh, the idea of organizing that. Gives me nightmares. Right. I mean, just on the most basic level of reading other people's handwriting. Yeah. You know how insane that is? That I can just drop a piece of a parchment into a mailbox. And as long as I write a special set of letters on it, it will just show up across the country in like two days. And the fact that they figured that shit out like pretty early on. Didn't he invent mail? I feel like we give that guy too much credit. He I, To the point where, like, I don't even know what he did because everyone says he did so much. Right. I just started thinking about his song in Hamilton. I still haven't seen it. Thomas Jefferson's coming home. Weren't we talking about Benjamin should... Franklin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, we were. There was. It's a different character. Person. Are they both in Hamilton? I don't think Ben Franklin is at all. <laughs> and finally, I just think we're trusting elevators way too much. Every time I get on an elevator, I'm like, this could be it. Especially ones that go like hundreds of stories. Yeah. That can't be safe. Oh, you know what I realized recently that I wish I hadn't? Oh, what? Is that, do you know how some buildings, they don't list the 13th floor? Yeah. I live on the 14th floor. Uh-huh. And I realized it's the 13th floor. <gasps> and when I tell you, I nearly shit my pants. I could not believe it, I said. You got to get the heck out of there. It just goes right from 12 to 14, which means guess what? 
I'm the 13th floor. It is so funny that they're numbers are made up that they're just like you know what let's just do let's just skip that one because it freaks people out no one would no one would choose to live on that floor which is so ridiculous but i was the fool they got me they got me gail (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway every time i get on the elevator i'm like this is crazy yeah it should not there's no way that there's like a man with a pulley on the other <laughs> side of this floor just working his biceps. I just feel like we're trusting them way too much. Oh, yeah. All right. That's it for this week's deep dive. Coming up next in your ears, which is another crazy thing that I'm saying this now. It's like a Saturday night. Yeah. And someone in the future is listening to it right now, present day. Yeah. Anyway, coming up next, in your ears, Dino Ray Ramos. Right after this, commercials. Commercials. Great. Beautiful. Oh, break. You were waiting for Commercial break. (laughs) Commercial break is what I was waiting for. Right after this commercial break. (laughs) So natural. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. My guest complainer today is journalist and podcast host, Dino Ray Ramos. He's written for Deadline. He hosts uh, the podcast New Hollywood, which recently was a GLAAD honoree. Welcome, Dino. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matthew, Matt, Matthew. (laughs) Who calls you Matthew and who calls you Matt? I was honestly... I was just thinking of this because I went to Starbucks and my Starbucks account mm-hmm. is Matthew because that is my full mm-hmm. government name. But I go by Matt. I go by Matt. Uh, my mom, my family calls me Matthew. Matthew, get down here now. That kind of thing, right? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. 
If I say anything you absolutely hate, you can scream Matthew well, at me. I, I, I'm, I'm so excited y'all asked me to be on, little old me. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, we start with everybody by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay. I actually made a list. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> True journalistic behavior. No, I mean, like, I am not liking a lot of things right now, of course. Right. Uh, considering what's going on in the world. But if I want to uh-huh. get really petty, one of the main things I hate and I have hated is online dating apps. Uh, and I yes. I will continue. Okay. To- <laughs> this is the entire hour now. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start? Okay, so, like, I, I'm i on Tinder, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm on Grindr. Well, no, I actually just deleted <laughs> Grindr last night because I was... Uh, <laughs> so there was a f- fresh wound that <laughs> but also, this is coming from. Also, Grindr is one of those, like, you delete and then you re- re-upload, delete. Re- uh-huh, uh-huh. It randomly just appears back on your phone yeah, because you know it. Yeah, I, I have Scruff and I have Hinge. Mm-hmm. I hate all of them. I pay for <laughs> scruff for some reason. I don't know why. And yeah, I don't know why you just chat with people and nothing comes of it. And I, mm-hmm. it's just the same buff white guys in LA who I see <laughs> on each app. Right. Right. Um, and um, you just start to try to have a conversation with people and then they just fall off. Right. It, right. It's just, Something so disrespectful, period, about those apps. Yeah. <laughs> I I have so much to say about this. I, we truly could spend the yes. next hour talking about this because I I also cannot imagine what it's like in LA. I, I can because I've I've traveled to LA mm-hmm. and I've taken a a, a glance mm-hmm. and it is You taken horrifying. a suitor? Have you taken a suitor here? <laughs> I definitely have done that thing that I hate when other people do, which is, you know, I'll swipe when I'm traveling in other cities and then it's like, okay, I'm probably never going to see this person. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, because I hate when other people do that. And it's like, why the fuck did you even talk to me <laughs> if you were, if I'm never going to see you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and also Tinder does, Tinder is very aggressive lately. Because mm-hmm. it's like you swipe and, there, and then while you're swiping, it will say, hey, we we uh, we increased your parameters because we want you to continue uh-huh. to have fun. And I'm all and then yeah. I, I swipe on someone right and then we match and they're like 8000 miles away or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> or like your swipe right. And then Tinder will automatically say, are you sure you don't want to upgrade and give them a superstar? And I'm like, no. Yeah. They've figured out all these new clever ways to be like, guess what? You have zero chance with this person. <laughs> but if you really want to, we'll let you try again and and give them a super like. Or the expanded radius thing is like, uh, you ran out of people. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> you swiped on everybody. No one likes you here. We need to go somewhere else. Please. <laughs> we need to. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's one of the things I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love when someone comes with a list because I know we're going to have uh, a lot to talk about. Also, we were talking about this before we, we, we signed on, but, you know, uh, uh, virtual anything these days, mm-hmm. specifically virtual award shows. Uh, yes, I am. 
I, I've had to cover so many and we're like in the thick of award season right now. And also right. since everything was delayed because of COVID, things are overlapping. So mm-hmm. Emmy campaigning is already happening and Oscars haven't even finished or even aired yet. Right. I hate them. <laughs> and and they're, they're all awkward and weird and like, why not just do a 20 minute PowerPoint presentation and call it a day? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to see, you know, someone like this on me right now with a, with a, this very, you know, casual yet very set up background uh-huh. accepting an Emmy or a golden globe and uh, right. or, or whatever. I just, we we tolerated award shows before, but now it's just like, oh, this is why we really hate them. <laughs> yeah. When you really strip it down to the bare essentials, it, it's a stark uh, reminder of just how horrible everything is. I mean, I mean I'm in you know, a part of a trade, one of the Hollywood trades, and they're, mm-hmm. they're like very industry adjacent, but they're still very mm-hmm. much a part of the cycle of Hollywood. Right. And... I'm just like, oh, am I allowed to say I hate Oscars? <laughs> uh, but I, yeah. yeah, I, I will. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I will support people who deserve. But do we need uh-huh. all the pop and circumstance? I mean, I hated working the red carpet. I hate the red carpet so much, guys. Yeah, that's what I was. I literally have a question about whether uh, if we could just bitch about red carpets, because I I hate them, too. Yeah. And I've been not to brag, but I have been uh, I have been on both sides of of the rope. Okay. uh, at different times. And it's nobody likes it. Nobody is having a good time. No one is like, well, I'm interested to hear like you've been on both sides, which is like interesting because uh, no because when i'm on the other side and you know we're like oh how effective is a two-minute interview with you know charlise there there's no (laughs) yeah nobody cares (laughs) nobody like there's nothing that you can get out of someone in that two-minute time that is going to be like newsworthy Mm. which is what everybody is after that one little bite that is gonna like go go viral on twitter or whatever there's always just one it's always just one comment out of the whole like oscars golden globe emmy red carpet there's always just one comment and and then there's that whole thing of these these publicists who come up to him and be all, do you want to talk to so-and-so? And then you feel <laughs> yeah. pressured. Right. Because they're right there. Bad. Because they're right, right behind right. them. Sometimes I'm all, no. I think, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm looking for, you know, but yeah, it's basically when you're interviewing, you're basically in the trenches. You're in the war trenches right. talking to people and you're like, uh, do you even want that should be a question do you even want to be here and then (laughs) (laughs) yeah but everyone's answer would be absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) or they'd give like a the 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 pr template answer like oh oh, i'm so right i'm just honored i'm just right it's an honor to be nominated (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm only here for the gift bag oh and, and also it's interesting to see these like since there's no more red carpets people are sending in portraits of them in their backyard and <laughs> or, or uh-huh, like on the uh-huh. couch. I'm like, I was like, oh, is, I mean, 
Do they enjoy it? It just reminds me of... It's in the same realm as like TV shows that have incorporated COVID into the plot. Uh, And it's like, (laughs) I don't want to experience literally anything that reminds me of this moment. Yeah. Like I would rather we just ignore it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Wait till it's over and not acknowledge it ever again. I agree. Like, for instance, the one thing that comes to mind is This Is Us, because I used to watch that a lot. I mean, I just, uh-huh, uh-huh. I only watch certain things now because I just can't. Uh, but This Is Us this season, it's very COVID heavy. Like, I don't know if you watch it, but. I stopped after the Crock-Pot incident. <laughs> <laughs> the crock- I couldn't, I, I couldn't continue. But, but this one, it's very much like, oh, these people are just living through COVID. And it's like, uh-huh. I'm like oh, that's depressing. But then you have something like, um, like the, I, I'm going to admit the only two things or three things I kind of religiously watch these days are one reruns of Top Chef and Top Chef is currently in a new season. RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. obvi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anything Marvel, uh, because right. I'm, I'm a nerd whatever uh, uh but um but like when i see what top chef and uh, drag race have done it's kind of interesting because drag race filmed during the pandemic and and uh, right and it's apparent because you know there's like on the judges panel they have dividers but other than that it's not really shown right right, right. It, it's just like they'll mention it once in a while but they won't be all or the, it's so funny when they go outside and they have to wear face shields <laughs> and they're in full drag. I'm all, that's a look. Um, right. Yeah. Which I, I still am like, you know, who who knows anything uh, about anything? But I feel like those, those glass masks, <laughs> those plastic masks are doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> besides making you look like you're about to hop on a motorcycle. <laughs> like it does not make any sense it's like, to me. It's like you're about to go welding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, from what I understand, I heard you're supposed to put a face shield and a mask on. Right. Yeah. It's like an added layer, not not uh, in place of a mask. But But whatever. Everybody do their own thing. (laughs) Uh, I do. I but I do love that part of Drag Race where they will will cut to someone outside. Oh, I I remember there was one holding up. Yeah, they weren't even wearing the mask. They were just holding the plastic shield. And I think it was Simone, who I love, um, and she was just, like, talking, and I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> like, I guess that works. I mean... Um, yeah, this will be a weird transition from that, mm-hmm. um, but, the, and this is a, the most basic of questions, but what was the sort of first pop culture thing that you remember it, snaring you, bringing you in? It would be, oh, God, it's so appropriate that I'm wearing this shirt. It would be the Goonies. I know. It would be the Goonies because uh, watching that, I was like, oh, this is so fun. And, and, and it was like very much of a, the 80s kind of thing, you know. Uh, uh-huh. And I, I remember watching it and also seeing Data was kind of the first time I guess I was I felt seen because I was all, hey, there's an Asian kid there, you know. It's like, <laughs> does he belong? I'm like, <laughs> and, and, and then like. 
I, I, I wanted to be so, I so wanted to be a part of their group. Like I wanted to go on adventures <laughs> with them. I really, uh-huh. I really wanted to be friends with uh, Steph, Martha Plimpton's character. Yeah. I, I just loved it. And I think that kind of just led me into this whole kind of Spielbergian kind of, or, or just like film and, and, and things of the, that sort. I, th- I don't know if Karate Kid, is that before or after, but like Karate Kid, that whole era of, 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 of film and even like music and just 80s iconic stuff that's like iconic now. I think that's kind of what fueled my love for just film and TV and pop culture. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just, and like to this day, I, I could continue to watch, you know, Goonies on an endless loop. And uh, I, I just, I just love that, that film. I feel like I will get shit from everybody, but I, I'll brace myself by saying I have never watched The Goonies. That is fine. You don't need to watch everything, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> no, it is one of those movies that is like it. I should I, I, I should have seen it by now. I should have sought it out and watched it. Uh, um, I, and surely it's been on television <laughs> and like. But I just, yeah, it's escaped me. Have you like seen bits and pieces of it? I'm guessing, like, yeah, I'm like generally aware of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. <laughs> it's not completely, you know. I, I, I know it. If, you, if anything, it would be like fun to watch because you get to see Josh Brolin yeah. and you get to see Corey Feldman, uh, and and Martha Plimpton, of course, and uh, just right. kind of seeing these actors, you know, like seeing Josh Brolin in there, it's just like. He, he he was kind of hot, you know, as the older brother guy, and he would be in right. He he was in like workout gear all the time. Like it it was like the signature sweats with the shorts over them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I know. I'm almost afraid to delve back into the '80s like movie dumb because of what it might inspire in me, fashion wise. No, go ahead. Because I feel like. <laughs> I'm like one straw away from going like full leg warmers and I like that 80s like um, athletic wear I feel like is very much I, I Is that your that. brand uh, 80s athletic wear? <laughs> Not in the slightest. <laughs> oh you mean like because like I don't know if you watched like WandaVision when mm-hmm. kind of Catherine Hahn's character in that athletic like get up. Right, right. That was iconic. Yeah. Speaking of WandaVision, um, because I you mentioned that Marvel is the other the other big category that you're into. I just watch all of the Marvel movies for the first time. So I'm really behind on everything. No, that's fine. Um, oh, it's all But I'm I'm doing the work. I'm putting in the work <laughs> to catch up. You're doing the work. Uh, um so wait, what what's your opinion? Like so you watch Endgame, you're done, right? Yeah. Oh, I made it to the end. Watched all of WandaVision. Have not been keeping up religiously with Falcon. Uh, yeah, Falcon and Winter yeah, Soldier. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a little break. Yeah. I also my brain is at a point where I can only really take stuff in if I can sit down and watch it in one long block. Mm. I watched all what is it twenty two movies in like a week and a half. Are you serious? So- <laughs> That's a lot. It was a little, a, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. But also, yeah, I'm a comedian in the middle of a pandemic. There's not a lot happening in my life. <laughs> well, I think so. It's, but I, I, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I feel like Thank you should you. get a certificate or something, like a certificate of completion, yeah, like a signed picture of Chris Evans' <laughs> ass. I feel like I deserve that for what I've been through. So, like after Endgame, how did you feel? 
I mean, I'll admit, I, I was like fully going into it. I was like, this just seems like so much to have to put energy into, mm. like to have to watch all of these things in a row in order to understand this overall story. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't have the energy for this. Um, <laughs> but once once I got going, I was like, OK, I absolutely have the energy for this. And it's that same mentality of like, you expect me to watch a 22 uh, episode season yeah. of something that's 50 minutes long. That is insane. And yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, once I got going. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, it gets emotional too. I mean, yeah, like Endgame. Yeah. I don't mind that being three hours because I was like a, a full out nerd dumb. There's a whole battle at the end. Gwyneth Paltrow is involved doing right, do, right. Wh- Whether she, she knows does. it or not, she is involved. <laughs> she, she, she's involved there. You know, I love seeing a Tom Holland situation, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know. Chadwick Boseman. There's so many things going on there that I, I love. Right. We haven't really touched on this year's award season. Whoa. I'll be honest. Um, I think the only movie that's nominated that I know of is Borat. <laughs> <laughs> that I've thus far watched. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I would say... I, 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 I just tweeted this too. This is probably going to get me in trouble. But I am I am following Issa Rae's lead when she was on the red carpet once and she said, I'm just rooting for mm-hmm. black people. I'm like, oh, I'm just yeah. rooting for people of color. I mean, uh, right. <laughs> that doesn't discount everyone's performance. That's great. But like, I'm going to support community. But I think I want to tell you what to watch. Oh, God, that sounded so douchey. I'm sorry. Um, no, this is what I want to know. <laughs> um, I would say watch Minari if you can. Right. I know that is top of the list. Brace yourself to you know, cry. Right. If, if you <laughs> that is honestly why I've been, avo- I haven't been in the right space to be able to like watch something that I know is going to make me sob. And also so, Steven Yun is just amazing in that. And also, uh, mm-hmm. Ya Jung Yun, who is, plays the grandma, who's been getting s- mm-hmm. so many awards and I hope right. she wins on, on uh, Oscars day. Um, she's phenomenal in it. Watch Nomadland. Okay, I, I take you know mm-hmm. Nomadland. You should watch just because you know Chloe Zhao is, is great, but also Frances McDormand is. She's probably one of the exceptions of you know my people of color rule. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she is phenomenal in it, um, and the rest you could skip. <laughs> Honestly, that makes it a lot easier. Well, also wait, um, Sound of Metal. Uh, if you if you get a chance to watch that, because I think. Riz Ahmed is uh, amazing. Um, right. Oh yeah, there there are some. You know, there there are quite a few. Like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think um, seeing Chadwick in that, mm-hmm. and of course Viola Davis. Like, right. Like what what can you say about her? Anything she does, she's just gonna slay, and you're just gonna be all yeah. okay. Give her give her the Oscar. Um, I, I mean, it's it's an interesting award season. Um. And it's interesting how everything's overlapping because now I'm getting pitched like Emmy stuff and and, and all. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's like it doesn't even feel like award season anymore. It's just constant that it's it's just it's all year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the award season, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I do have a feeling that. It's not going to work out the way I want or how a lot of people uh-huh. want just because of how it is. And um, like One Night in Miami, for instance, I felt like that. Um, that's something that you should, I think that movie is a little bit fun. 
but also yeah it's intense in some parts um that's another movie that i felt like like regina king should have got nominated for for best director but i feel like they were like oh no 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 we already have two females can't have another one <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> because no one is watching mank you know uh, <laughs> right. That is even the name. I'm like, I can't I can't watch a movie called Mank. I don't care if it's based on a real person. <laughs> you should have changed it. I started watching it and I I fell asleep. Like not. I, I was. Yeah. I was just like, oh, what is this? I mean, I, I love Gary Oldman and all, but it's like, mm-hmm. what, what are we doing? <laughs> that is the thing that where. On the one hand, it's it's great that a lot of these movies are available to everybody just in your home. You can turn it on and watch it. But now it's like, okay, well, I didn't pay for a ticket in a movie theater, so I don't really have to stay awake for this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, not having to pay for a movie. Uh, and yes, of course, I like don't even think about the uh, hundreds of dollars that Netflix takes from my account every year. <laughs> I realize I'm very much paying for it, but... It's too much. Yeah. Well, on that note, where can people find you and your work? Uh, I'm on, uh, you could find uh, Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast on anywhere, anywhere you get your podcastings. Um, is that a word? Podcastings? Um, Why not? <laughs> uh, I'm on the Twitter uh, and on the Instagrams at Dino Ray, at D-I-N-O-R-A-Y. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty much just Google me. You'll find me. Um, uh, I'm on OnlyFans. I have my own. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> right. I mean, get, get your coin. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I mean, like, are there other OnlyFans? I mean, I think there's cooking OnlyFans, but I haven't seen them before. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. I might look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so Dino Ray, follow me and and I, I'm I'm obnoxious on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll get I'll I'll go wild once in a while and go on a rant. But um, other than that, I try to. I mean, I, my my brand is petty with a heart of gold. So there you go. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? There have been a lot of really horrible events uh, that have happened in the past week. And there have been a lot of conversations about abolition. And I realized that I like don't know a ton about it. So I wanted to recommend a book that was recommended to me and that I just recently ordered, which is called We Do This Till We Free Us, Abolitionist Organizing and Transforming Justice, which is by the organizer, educator and curator Maryam Kaba. I'm really interested in learning more about abolition and what a justice system that isn't based on punishment could look like. So that is an anti-racism resource that I think could be really beneficial to check out. Amazing. All right. Uh, Let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what are you watching? 
Um, you know, I haven't started anything new. I'm still watching Made for Love, which I'm really loving. Um, and uh, you and I went back and rewatched some of Broad City, which mm-hmm. was a formative TV show for me. I loved it so much. I was, uh, I still love Abby and Alana, but like when it came out, I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> I, I, I see myself so much. Um, and I realized that I hadn't like gone back and watched early episodes very much. Um, so it was really fun to go back and and do that. And and I might I might actually keep going and just kind of do a little Broad City rewatch. That is very much on brand for our 420 episode. It really is. Yeah. I would say m- mine is probably similar. And I think I also said the same thing at the exact same time last year. So maybe <laughs> there is something going on. But getting high and watching SpongeBob. <laughs> um, less depressing than you think. OK, I'll say that. <laughs> I don't I don't really recommend watching it sober as an adult, but it is ridiculous. There are a lot of references that I definitely did not catch as a child. (laughs) Yeah, there is. It is fully a ridiculous show. Uh, You cannot tell me that they are not fully homosexual. I know. I believe the creator of SpongeBob said that they are asexual or SpongeBob is asexual. But Mm. I maintain that SpongeBob, even if he is asexual, is still a gay icon. Uh (laughs) But yeah, on the flip side, I've also been very much in a like documentary mood. Oh, <laughs> very not compatible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like because my brain, I'm trying to get back into like reading more and doing more um, stimulating things for my brain. And uh, I I forgot that like documentaries are like reading a book. <laughs> like sure. you, can, you could say that you read a book after you watch a documentary. Right. So, I finally finished the Fran Lebowitz docuseries mm-hmm. on Netflix, and I'm kind of like looking for some recommendations. Oh, I know I'm going to next on my list is the, my octopus teacher. Uh, yes, I, I fell asleep uh, oh, no. very near the end, but it was beautiful. Um, I'd say my one gripe was I wanted much less of the human and just mm. more of the octopus. But right, right. beautiful, beautiful Show documentary. Puss. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser, I don't know if I've talked about them before, but it really does bring me joy, is the clothing company New Works, N-O-O-W-O-R-K-S. They are a woman-owned, woman-run business. The way that they work is they have like a bunch of different dresses, a bunch of different pants, and then they work with artists to create patterns for those things. So like you can buy the same pair of pants in all these different limited edition patterns, and they're all made in California it's just like the the way that those clothes fit my body makes me feel so good about myself. And it's like all of my favorite clothes are from there. They're the ones who like the jumpsuits that I love the most and like overalls and like it's always the clothes that I get like the most compliments on when I go out. But they're also really like it feels like they're made for a lot of different body types, which I really appreciate. And they're great about putting size measurements on their website and like using models who just like look like real people Mm -hmm. so you can really see what it looks like and I normally wouldn't like fully shout out a brand this hard but they just represent so many things that I appreciate in the clothing industry and truly like when I wear their clothes it doesn't matter what the size is in the tag I look at myself and I'm just like damn, I look good. Like, wow, I feel great about myself. And you don't get that with a lot of clothes. So I love New Works. 
they're great sponsor us yay <laughs> um yeah a clothing brand second only to unhappyhourshop.com <laughs> right of course yes what about you what's your non-tv chaser this week I mean, I sort of gave it away. I guess I'm I'm uh, excited about my curtains, my bedroom curtains. I just <laughs> I am excited to get back to uh, a bedroom that I've specifically created just for sleep, which is the purpose of a bedroom. <laughs> right. One of, yes. one of the purposes. But right now, a, a sleep sanctuary, if you will. Exactly. Uh, I want deep, dark curtains that block out any semblance of sun. I also like a heavy curtain that like helps block noise and that kind of mm. thing. I just would like to be able to sleep in the morning and feel peace. And I'm mm. getting there. Good. And that makes me happy. And that's it for today's show. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page. You can also buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And obviously, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get this podcast, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Yinka Rickford Engwin, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Borderline. Feels like I'm trying to my mind. Madonna. I had no idea. Okay, my mouth is so dry.